Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered how people learnt to fly? Humans can run and swim, but not fly. Across the centuries, people have wondered why the air was forbidden. The ancient Greeks told the story of Daedalus and Icarus. This father and son built their own wings from feather and wax. But after Icarus flew too close to the sun, the wax melted and he fell from the sky. Flying, it seemed, could be a dangerous business, and was only for the gods and angels. And everything that flew had flapping wings. Let's travel forward through time to 15th century Italy and the great Leonardo da Vinci, who designed many flying machines. All of them still had flapping wings, like a bird. Today we call machines like this ornithopters. Why can birds fly and people can't? To get into the air and stay there, you need to overcome gravity. Gravity keeps you on the ground. To move away from the ground, you need something called lift. If you have enough lift, you can fly. Birds fly by moving their wings very fast. No machine we've ever built can do this as effectively as birds can. However, if you watch a modern-day plane flying, you will see that its wings are steady. They don't flap. So how do planes fly? People started to understand lift at the end of the 1700s with a demonstration of the first ever hot air balloon. The first air passengers were a duck, a sheep and a rooster who were described as being astonished by their trip. A balloon works by being filled with a gas that is lighter than the air around it. Some early balloons used hydrogen for this and others used hot air. You can see this working for yourself. If you put an ordinary balloon over the mouth of an empty bottle, then stand the bottle in some hot water, you will see the balloon inflate as the air inside the bottle gets warm and moves upwards. The downside of a balloon, though, is that it is hard to steer, even in calm weather, let alone when it's windy. It also can't carry much, so people thought again. They noticed that not all birds flap their wings. Eagles hardly flap their wings at all. And yet, they can still soar through the air. How do they do it? The answer is a combination of speed and wing shape. The shape of an eagle's wing means that the air above it moves faster than the air below it. This makes the wing, and the eagle attached to it, want to rise. It creates lift. The eagle, however, needs to fly very fast for this to have enough of an effect to lift it up. To fly fast, the eagle needs to generate thrust. It does this by flapping its wings. To be able to fly, you have to have the right weight, the right wing size and the right speed. But these all have to be in the right proportion to each other. Even among birds, there are some, like the chicken, who fly badly because they are too fat for their wings, and others like the ostrich, whose small wings mean they cannot fly at all. Being too heavy and having wings that are too small means you won't fly, 
having big wings but not enough speed means you won't fly. It's not easy to find the right combination. So the wings of a bird create both speed, or thrust, and lift. But who says that wings have to do both these things? What if the wings are there just to generate lift, like the eagle, and the speed comes from something else? In the 1800s, some people tried standing on a hill or tower with wings attached to them and jumping. This didn't always work well. The idea behind it was right, but the way many people tried it was not. Many of them died. But they created the first step towards a modern glider. Scientists later tried attaching engines to planes with fixed wings. They started out with steam engines, but they were very heavy and not powerful enough. Once petrol engines were introduced in the late 1800s, people were closer to flying than ever. The American inventors, the Wright brothers Wilbur and Orville, achieved the first ever controlled flight on the 17th of December 1903. Wilbur was the pilot, and he flew an amazing 852 feet in 59 seconds. The engine they used was 10 times less powerful than the engine in a normal family car today and the top speed was just 30 miles per hour, but it was enough. From this point, the progress was astonishing. In 1908, the Wrights flew their plane in circles for a total of 1 minute and 45 seconds, about twice as long as their first flight, and proved they weren't just lucky. Just a year and a half later, Louis Blériot, a French engineer who had designed his own plane, managed to fly all the way over the English Channel, not only that, he managed it without using a compass or a map and got lost in the fog for over ten minutes on the way. To land, he turned off the engine and let the plane simply fall out of the sky. The propeller and wheels were broken, so landing still needed some work. But Louis was unharmed and won a competition, as well as his place in the history books. From then on, people were able to understand and use lift and thrust properly. A huge amount of development came out of World War I and World War II as planes were needed to carry heavy loads, including lots of people, and to fly further and faster. The first plane to fly across the Atlantic Ocean in 1919 was actually a modified bomber plane from World War I, and by World War II, planes were faster and more reliable and could fly higher, some at 32,000 feet. You might want to ask your parents or grandparents about the Spitfire, or the Lancaster bomber. But the last big change was still to come. If you look at the sky today, you won't find many low-flying aeroplanes with propellers. All today's passenger planes fly very high and very fast using something called a jet engine, which was also developed during World War II. The first commercial jet engine airliner was the British de Havilland Comet in 1949. It was able to transport 44 passengers comfortably right across the Atlantic Ocean at 460 miles per hour and at 42,000 feet. Just 10 years before this, flying so high would have been impossible, but by the 1950s it was normal. Today's airliners still fly at about the same height and similar speeds to the de Havilland Comet. In fact, at one point they flew even higher and faster. Did you know that between 1976 and 2003, you could cross the Atlantic Ocean in just three hours? 
the supersonic plane Concorde flew at twice the speed of sound and almost twice as high as a modern airliner, but it cost a lot of money to run. Eventually, in 2003, Concorde was involved in a deadly accident in Paris and finally left the skies. Today's airliners are safe, reliable, fuel-efficient and can carry lots of passengers. The mighty Airbus 380 can hold up to 600 people. Aeronautical engineers are still working on making planes better for the environment. Perhaps the planes of the future will be V-shaped, with passengers and cargo sitting in the plane's wings. It is a design that is currently being tested and promises to use 20% less fuel than the most fuel-efficient commercial planes flying today. Today, the Wonder Podcast was read to you by Luke Irwin. It was written by Tomasz Klitschka and Nikola Klitschkova. It was produced by Camilla Akers-Douglas. 